everybody? <laughs> Glad to have you here. Thank you for coming to worship with us this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. I'm glad to see each and every one of your smiling faces. At least I hope we're smiling, right? We're in the house of the Lord today. Uh, just a few announcements. Uh, first, if you're a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, we would love to have a record of your attendance. And uh, there are some cards in the pews in front of you. If you could fill that out, drop it in the offering plate, just so we can get to know you. Uh, just, just a little bit better. Um, in your bulletin, you'll see quite a few things going on. Unfortunately, due to the weather, we didn't get to have our breakfast Saturday. That was kind of sad, right? I was looking forward to some good eating, good washing dishes. That's right. That's a good time, right? It's okay. I got plenty to wash at home. I can, I can make up for it, I'm sure. Uh, but if you look in your bulletin, uh, don't forget about our Wednesday night services. Uh, youth and children are out at the building. Um, we do not have Christmas play practice this week. We will pick up with that again next week. So if you get here at five, huh? No choir practice either. Where you at, Sandra? No choir practice uh, this week either, right? So no children's Christmas play practice, no choir practice. So just our regular uh, Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, Mr. Terry said we're going to do a work day on Thursday. Hopefully we can. Uh, you know, squeak one out before it gets, uh, it's going to be getting dark real early pretty soon. All right, and if you're in the young adult class Wednesday, they're going to meet here and go to Starbucks. But if you want to meet them at Starbucks, what time are you going to be there? The goal is to be there at 6.30. So, uh so if you want to meet here, though, about 6.15, so 6.15, uh, young adults, so that's that class. Um, our truck or treat is coming up. You're going to see a lot more about that coming up over the next few weeks. Um, if you want to donate candy, that would be awesome. We always have lots of candy donations, but what I would love is we could fill this front parking lot up with cars, and the whole purpose of this is not to give out candy the Saturday before Halloween. The whole purpose of this is to shine our light bright for the community. You're going to have people come through to get candy who, other than on a trunk or treat night, may not ever step foot on a church property. We have the opportunity to share the gospel with them through our smiles, through the way we treat people. So I would love to have as many trunks as I could fill that up. We're going to be giving out free cotton candy to uh, as long as supplies last that night. Uh, thanks to Mr. Sanders, he's taking care of that for us. Uh, so I'm excited about that. So if you want to sign up, uh, send me a text for a trunk, send me a text, give me a call, send me an email, uh, let me know. We'd love to have you for that. Um, October the 12th, uh, which is not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, right? We're, we're going to be leaving the church uh, about 6.45, the youth is on that Wednesday, and we're going to be going to Fields of Faith at Crest High. Um, they are having um, an FCA event, and they are inviting just anybody who wants to come. It's a good time. Uh, Risen is going to be there from, is that First Baptist? No, what is that? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Risen's going to be there from Elizabeth. They're a great band. Uh, the youth, we heard them not too long ago when we went to our youth rally in Upper Cleveland County. Uh, if you went with me to that, you got to hear them. Um, I don't think there are any more announcements. 
I've talked long enough. I'm kind of talk, I'm kind of chatty today. I might stand up here for a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to turn it over to Artie. I just didn't, oh, wait a minute. Joey needs something. She's, she's more chatty than I am. After Joey gets done, I'm just going to invite you to turn your hearts toward the Lord this morning. The first thing I'm going to remind you of is the North Carolina Baptist Mission Offering. Uh, there's envelopes, or you can write mission, NC Mission on your white envelope if you want to give to that. The thing about that is, uh, with these hurricanes and everything else, resources are needed, and it's our own state and our own North Carolina Baptists that we're supporting. And we have a mission camp here in Shelby, and so that's um, one of the real important missions that uh, we asked you to support. So. If you can give, we would appreciate it. The other thing I want to remind you about or tell you about is that next Sunday we have a special guest speaker, and she's from Samaritan's Purse. We actually have two. We have one, an um, a area representative, a volunteer, who will be here to speak about that. And then we have a girl who is actually from Belarus, and uh, that's real near Ukraine. And also, it's real near Chernobyl. So uh, I think she has an interesting story. And that's her picture up on the screen right now. That's Natasha. And I would pronounce her last name, but I'm not sure how to say it. <laughs> so I'll try, I'll try to work on that before next Sunday. So hope you can come. And if you're not here today and would love to join us, we would love to have you. Thank you. Tell you what, this microphone gets a workout going up and down, up and down. <clears throat> you guys just need to get, I need to put a stool up here so you got, you short people can just leave it here. Okay. <laughs> right, Sandra? Okay. Well, uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you so much for the prayers over the last couple of weeks as I've been uh, sick and recovering and for my wife as well as uh, she is still at home today trying to rest up before she gets back into the groove of, of things. But it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Last week, I sent Jim and Sandra a message asking them if they could call people to the front because we, as a church, are in a season of spiritual warfare right now. Ever since our revival, we have been getting hit left and right with sickness, financial issues, um, things breaking, uh, problems within our families that our family, our church families are dealing with, and and we have to recognize it for what it is. It's, it's Satan trying to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. So last week I asked them to call everyone to the front that we as a church can gather together in one accord and pray for God's will to be done in our lives and in the in the life of our church. So again today, I'm going to ask as we begin our time together, if you're willing and able, if you would please come to the front and join me around this altar as we seek the Lord's face this morning as we start the time. So come on, if you're able to.
Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come together today Many on bended knees, many standing, many sitting, but we come before your throne today seeking your face. Dear Lord, there has been so much going on. So many things that Satan has thrown at us to become distractions to keep us from being focused on you. Dear Lord, to, to distract us from the Commitments that we have made to you to distract us and and throw us off of where you are telling us you want us to go and doing what you want us to do. And dear Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we bind Satan from this place. Dear Lord, Satan cannot destroy us because You tell us that if God is for us, who can stand against us? And dear Lord, it is in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the blood that He shed on Calvary for us that we have been bound, we have been sealed, that we no longer are controlled by Satan. That we are no longer bound to sin. But dear Lord, it is through you that we have freedom. We have the freedom to resist Satan. And your word tells us that if we resist him, he will flee from us. Dear Lord, you have called this church to be a mission field. You have called this church to be a lighthouse in this community. Dear Lord, I've already prayed this this morning in our prayer time, but our name is Crestview Baptist Church. Dear Lord, as we sit here, we are to be a lighthouse for this community. We are to allow people to see clearly the truth that comes from the Word of God. And that we are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone that we come in contact with, dear Lord. Not only in word, but also our actions. And dear Lord, as we gather around this altar this morning, we ask that your Holy Spirit fill this place. That he move in us and among us. that we will be changed because we have been in the presence of the Lord this morning. That when we leave this place, we will be your disciples. Dear Lord, I also pray for Marty Osborne and Ruth Osborne this morning. As Marty is having severe pain due to his bladder cancer. Dear Lord, we know that you are able to heal him and take the cancer completely away. But dear Lord, if that is not your will, we ask that you give him the peace and comfort that only a child of the king would be able to experience. That you ease his pain. That you give him the peace to know without any shadow of a doubt that he is secure in you. 
that you be with Ruth and the rest of the family. That you fill them with your peace and with your strength. I ask you to be with the hospice nurses that are coming in and the doctors that are treating him. That when they come into their presence, they will feel the presence of God. Dear Lord, I just pray for you to have your will in this situation. And we will praise you regardless of the outcome. Lord, as we worship together today, may you receive all the honor and glory and praise. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Because we didn't get to have our breakfast this past uh, Saturday morning, we've got some uh, quite a large inventory of eggs. If you want purchase those eggs for two dollars and fifty cents a dozen, see Larry. We've probably got twenty something dozen. So if you would like some, see Larry after the service. If you would uh, get your hymnals and stands, we sing uh, page two twenty seven. Praise him, praise him. <coughs> Can I get all the kids to come forward this morning?
What a question. Why do I have popcorn? Because I was going to say and eat it while y'all watch me eat it. Will that be okay? No. No, why not? You don't think it's nice to not share? It's not nice to share. It's not nice to share. Is that what you said? Oh, it's nice to share. All right. I, I promise. I promise you that I will share my popcorn with you. I'm gonna. I've got to. We're gonna try something. I got an experiment. This might take a minute. So you have to be patient with me. Or just make sure you have everybody out of here by one today. Okay. All right. All right. Susie, come here for a minute. All right. I want you to reach in here and grab grab one piece of popcorn and eat it. Is that is that easy to do? Okay, that's easy to do, right? All right. So hold on, hold on, Susie, don't run off yet. We're gonna try it again. Hold on. Come here. Put your arms out for a minute. Put your arms straight out in front of me. Artie, you come here for a minute and help me. Come here, Susie. Come over here to Artie. Y'all go over there. All right. I need you to tape. Come here, Susie. I need you to take that around her arm. And we're going to do the same thing to the other arm. All right. I will loosen your child, Miss Laura. I, don't, I, <laughs> I, will, I will allow her to go free later. All right, now stand up. Come over here again. All right. Now, reach in there again and get a piece of popcorn. Now put it in your mouth. Is it a little harder? Oh, it, my experiment failed. You broke it. Was that? Use your other arm. Try it again. See if you can get that popcorn in your mouth. Is it hard? So what could we do? What could? What could? Do you have any brothers or sisters up here? You do. So what could? Te what could? Teddy do? What could Teddy do? I saw blonde. What could Teddy do to help you get that popcorn in your mouth? What could you do to help her get that popcorn in her mouth, Teddy? <laughs> All right, Charlie, come here. What could you do to help get that popcorn in her mouth? What could you do? Could you help your sister out? Could you help her get popcorn in her mouth? Hold on. Hold on. I promise everybody get to eat popcorn. Yeah, she. It's okay. It's okay. So Charlie could come over here, and he was going to try to help her put that popcorn in her mouth. All right, sit down again. Sit down again. All right, so that got kind of wild, right? I like it when it gets wild. That's fun. Because you know what? Jesus wants us to have fun in life. But family is what we're talking about. You guys started talking about family last week, right? Did you? Do you remember that? So we, we're going to continue to talk about family this week, and we are going to continue to talk about Moses. Because you guys learned about Moses as a baby last week and how... Someone, family was there to help him in hard times when he was a baby. So today, we're going to talk about Moses and his brother. And I'm going to share a Bible verse with you. And it's Proverbs 17, 17. And it says, A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. Guess what that means? Friends help us and love us, but you know what your brothers and your sisters and your family's for? They're there to help you when times are tough. So when we get out of here in a little bit, we're going, to learn a, we're going to learn from the Bible a story about a time Moses was having trouble and his brother helped him out. Is he excited about that? I'm excited about that. So I'm going to pray and we're going to thank God for family and we're going to sit right there, okay? Can you do that for me? Let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day. 
Thank you for these boys and girls, and thank you for the fun that we get to have here on Sunday mornings as we dive into the Bible and learn about you, Lord. Lord, thank you for our families and that they're there to help us when times get tough. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys, come sit over here. <coughs>
As I said earlier, it is great to be back with everyone today. And today I'm going to be preaching the sermon that I was supposed to preach last week. Giving from a heart of God, or a heart for God. Before I preach this, there's some things that I need to let you guys know. One, is that I have no idea who gives and who doesn't in this church. The treasurers are the only ones that know besides you and God who gives and who doesn't. I also don't know how much people give. But some things I do know is that we as a church have not been giving like God wants us to give. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, we didn't even meet budget this past year in giving, did we? And so far this church year, we have drastically, I'm talking about close to $3,000 a week been below budget in giving so far this year. The other thing that I know <clears throat> is that if a hundred members gave just $50 a week, speaking of Starbucks, that means that there's some people in here, and I know because my daughter's one of them, that spends more than $50 a week on Starbucks drinks because you can't get one for less than $8 a pop. But if we had 100 members that gave $50 a week, we would surpass our, month, our weekly budget giving needs and be able to, to, to cover everything that God has called us to do. So when you look at it in that aspect, this sermon is something that we as disciples of Jesus Christ need to understand. So if you turn to Exodus chapter 25, we're going to start looking at just two verses. These are our, our first two, the two verses, verses 1 and 2. It's what we're going to look at. So Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 and 2. If you would stand, and as you're standing, I'll give you a little bit of a background. This is where God is beginning to, uh, to show or to, to, to get the people ready to build the tabernacle. And in Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 and 2, this is what God says. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me from every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. So God is getting ready to do something and He tells the people, He tells Moses to tell the people that He wants to raise a contribution for them. He wants to raise funds and, and things from them. But He tells them to, to do it in a very special way. So let's pray 
and then you can be seated. Dear Lord, thank You for what You're sharing through Your Word today. Dear Lord, speak through me that our hearts may be receptive to Your Word this morning. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. See, this is something very special. God wants us to give from our heart. See, look at verse 2 again in Exodus. Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me from every man who's what? I'm going to talk back to me. What does it say? Who's what? Heart moves him. You shall raise my contribution. Some things that we need to understand is that first thing is that God has the authority and power to compel us to give to him, right? God could make us do this. You know who else makes us that doesn't trust us? That's our government. If you earn a paycheck, does the government trust you enough or care enough about you that it allows you to take all of your paycheck and just give back to them? Well, on my paycheck, it has a little thing that says deductions on it. And before I even get my money, guess what comes out? The government's cut. And not only that, at the end of the year, I've got to file taxes. If I didn't give them enough out of my paycheck, guess what i got to do? Pay them more. God could have done that to us. He could compel us. He has the authority. He could have made it so that every time we did anything, He immediately got His cut out of that. But God, the second thing is that God chose to allow His people to give freely from a grateful, loving heart. You guys ever thought about this? Those of you that are in relationships, or those of you that have children, or that have a, 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 just somebody that you care about, which is better? is if they do things and love you and do things for you because they have no other choice, they have to do it. Or they do it because they want to, because they love you. Which is more appealing to you? To have somebody to do something for you because they have to or do something for you because they want to? It's, it's, it's more of a blessing when you get it because they want to do it for you. You don't have to ask for it. So why does God want us to do give from the heart? Well, several reasons. The first of which is our heartfelt giving is an expression of gratefulness to our generous God. Look at verses 3 through 7 of chapter 25 there. This is the contribution which you are to raise from from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, porpoise skins, acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, 
onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and for the breastpiece. So, if you're like me, I'm thinking, okay, here's this group of slaves that had just been freed from captivity. They're out wandering in the wilderness and God tells them that they want, He wants them to give all of this stuff. Well, where did they get it from? Where did slaves come up with precious gems and gold, silver, bronze? Where did slaves come up with this? Well, if you remember during the Exodus story when they were coming out of Egypt, it got to the point where the Egyptians wanted them gone. Pharaoh wouldn't let them go, but the, the, the Egyptians were begging them to leave. And God told the children of Israel, He said, go talk to the Egyptians. Ask them to give you gifts as you are leaving. So it says at the, in the, during, the, during this story that the Egyptians were giving them gold and silver and fine linen and fine clothes and jewelry and, and all of this stuff just to get them to leave. They were giving them. So God provided all of this stuff that He's asking for to this group of slaves from their previous masters. God provided it for them. And now God is saying, if your heart leads, this stuff that I gave to you, I want you to give some of it back to me. So our heartfelt giving is an expression of our grateful, gratefulness to a generous God. Second thing is our heartfelt giving is evidence of our faith in our loving Savior. Look at James chapter 2, verse 18. But someone may well say, <clears throat> you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You may look at that and say, that doesn't say anything about giving. Well, yes, it does. Because the works that he is talking about is, is, is out of our faith in Jesus Christ. Faith that he will provide. Faith that he will care. Faith that he will keep his promises. Faith that, that, that the, the hope we have is in him. We don't work. Listen, you cannot give your way into heaven. You cannot give your way into faithfulness or, or into forgiveness. Regardless of what's taught, you cannot do anything on your own to secure your salvation. But because of your salvation, because of the price that Christ paid on the cross, because of that, that should move us to do things for Him. To demonstrate our faith. I was talking to Dan today. and This morning, he, he brought up a good point. He says, how can we call ourselves servants of God if we don't serve anybody? That's true. That is true. We have 
out of a generous heart to demonstrate our faith. We have to give to God. Give of, of our times. Give of our, <coughs> excuse me, of our resources. Because we owe it to Him. It's a demonstration of our faith. Now listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. There's been times that I have thought there's no way I can, I can afford to give any money to the church. But you know what? It has never failed that when I do it, God always takes care of it. God always takes care of it. And then thirdly, our heartfelt giving is not related to the size of gifts, but rather our attitude in giving. Mark 12, 41-44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put more than the other contributors to the treasury. For they all put out of their surplus, but she put out of her poverty. Put in all she owned, all she had to live on. You see, it doesn't matter about the amount. Because God can take something small and make something great out of it. Here, this little, this little widow lady had one cent to her name, two copper coins. And, and, and she gave what she had. She gave all she had. And Jesus used that as a teaching moment for His disciples because He was sitting there watching these people that had a lot. And what they were giving was not out of everything they had. It was out of the surplus that they had. It, they were giving out of what they had left over. But this lady gave all she had. It's the attitude behind giving. It is giving everything because we owe everything. Can I tell you a secret? None of it belongs to us anyway. Every time we get in financial hardship at my house, my dad always tells me, pray and ask your father to sell one of those cows, one of his cows. And I'm like, Dad, what in the world are you talking about? He says, the Bible says that God owns a thou uh, the cattle on a thousand hills. So just ask him to sell a cow. 
It doesn't belong to us anyway. Just like what the, what the, 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 the Hebrew people, what He was asking for them was what He provided for them in the first place. It wasn't anything that they had done. It hadn't anything that they had earned. He blessed them and gave it to them. Church, many of us are blessed in this church. Many of us are blessed beyond measure. And our attitude in giving should be the same as somebody that's scrapping a dollar together to give in the offering plate. It is about our attitude. Sometimes people use their gifts as a way of controlling what goes on in the church. You guys realize that? Sometimes if you get mad, people get mad at the preacher or they don't like the, the music or they don't like something else, they withhold their gifts. And I have a word of warning for you. You're not hurting the preacher. You're not hurting the, the, uh, the music director. All you're doing is hurting yourself. Because when you give, you don't give to the pastor. You don't give to the music director. You don't give to the Sunday school teacher. You don't give to the deacons. You give to God. No strings attached. Your gift is a gift to God. How that money is used, the leadership of the church has to answer to God for how that's used. But it's all about our attitude. The fourth thing, our heartfelt giving is evidence of where our heart really belongs. Matthew 6, 19-21 Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You want to see what's important to a man's life. Watch where he spends his money. Truth. You're going to put your money to what you see as being important in your life. And if our hearts are not right with God, and we have not totally 100% committed ourselves to Him, we're not going to give our money there because we don't see it as being important. It's going to be in the last thing. Instead of being the very first thing that happens. We end up spending everything and we don't give, we don't have anything left over to give to God. That shows where our heart is. That shows how important we think God is. I'll tell you a story. In Florida, where my family lives, there's a little town called Jace or called Penny Farms. 
Penny Farms didn't start off being a town. Penny Farms actually started out as a retirement community that J.C. Penny, those of you that remember J.C. Penny, J.C. Penny started this retirement community for his employees. That as they, they worked for him and they retired, they could move to, to this little place and they could retire there. Well, J.C. Penny also was a Christian. And, and he gave. He tithed. And, and he came to realize that as he tithed, God blessed him. And he went from tithing 10% and living on 90% of what he made to the time he died, he was giving 90% and living off of 10% because of how much God had blessed him. But that also showed where his heart was. What he saw as being important. Church, there are things that God is leading us to do in our church. Reaching out to our community. Getting involved in missions that we cannot do without our people giving from the heart. It's just plain hard facts. I have said this many times. Mel used to say this. God has given us everything that we need to accomplish what He has called us to do. And the number one thing that He has given us is you. God has brought you to this place to worship for a purpose. To help us fulfill the mission of our church. And we need everybody. We need everybody to search their hearts. To see where your heart truly belongs and what is truly important and give from the heart. And the last point that I want to make is this. That our giving is a direct reflection of our heart and what we truly desire. In other words, our giving as a church is a direct reflection of the spiritual health of our church. You may say, wait a second, Artie. You can't tell me because I don't give, I don't love God. Well, according to Scripture, I can. The cold, hard facts, folks. I've shared Scripture with you this morning. And I'm going to say it again. The giving of our church is a direct reflection of the spiritual health of our church. A spiritually healthy church will be a giving church. A spiritually healthy church will be a serving church. A spiritually healthy church will be a going church. 
Now, this has not been an easy sermon to preach. And it may be coming across that I am taking you to the woodshed, and I'm not. Please believe me, I'm not, because I'm preaching as much to myself as I am to anybody else. But we have to realize something. That if we don't give of our time, and there's nothing in there in Scripture about tithing your time. Tithe, when it talks about tithing and giving, it's always material things. But we are required to give our time, our energy, because God says, the first commandment is what? The first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your strength, heart, soul, and mind. We're supposed to put effort, our energies, into building the kingdom of God. But we're expected to serve, to be servants. We're expected to, to give so that we can reach. You know, as Paul traveled around on his missionary journeys, what happened at every place he went, they took up an offering to send back to the church in Jerusalem to help pay and cover the expense of their ministry serving all those that came into Jerusalem. You can't do mission work. You can't go outside of these four walls and serve others without being able to cover the cost. And what I am begging you as a church is that we dig deep, we sacrificially give, and we cover the cost of reaching our community for Christ. And I ask you to give from the heart. As we go into this time of invitation, I'm asking you, search your heart. What is it God is calling you to do or leading you to do? Whatever it is, do it today. Don't wait. We're not guaranteed another day. Take care of it now. Whatever it is God is calling you to do, take care of it now. Please stand and return to page 275. I surrender all. Oh, 
you for being here today. Don't forget Bible study Wednesday. Young adults will be meeting here and going to Starbucks um, in Shelby. Okay. And then youth and children, 630 in the, in the youth, room, youth building. Bible study in here in the sanctuary at 630. We're going to be uh, continuing and hopefully finishing within the next couple of weeks our, our study of Acts. And uh, no play practice Wednesday or choir practice Wednesday. But I'm going to tell you something. Choir members, that don't mean you don't, get to come, you don't need to come to Bible study. You still need to come to Bible study, okay? You just get to leave early. Actually, it means I get to go longer. <laughs> so thank you for being here. And I'm going to ask, uh, as we leave today, if Whitey is our deacon of the week, if he would dismiss us in prayer. Pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time you've given us to come into your house and worship you, Lord. Lord, do we really surrender all, all that you've given us, Lord, in time, talents, money, everything, Lord. Help us to surrender all. Help us to have a heart, a giving heart, a loving heart for our fellow man. We we'll ask that you would be with each person here as we depart this place today. Bring us back safely at our next appointed hour. Which in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.